This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc. Well, today we're going to begin a new series for this month entitled Christmas. Uh, over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about putting Christ in your mess. Um, you know, I, I looked up the simple definition of mess, and it's interesting. A mess is a situation that is full of difficulties. <laughs> that sounds like everybody's life here, right? I mean, we all got a mess in some area of our life. We all are facing some kind of difficulty. I mean, this might be good over here, but then I got issues over here. You know, you don't have to live very long uh, to realize that life, life is messy. Uh, in this life, whether you like it or not, you're going to experience messes. Sometimes those messes are the result of your own doing. Uh, sometimes those messes are the results of others. And then sometimes our mess is just the result of, um, it's just called, guys, it's just called life. Uh, you know, I was up early this morning, and I'm, I'm teaching on the whole thing of, of mess, and uh, had a great morning. I'm up about 4 o'clock this morning uh, trying to get my blonde joke going so you would laugh, and just having a time worshiping God, praying like I do, and it, it all was going well, all was going well until I started hearing this horrible noise from, from my dog. Uh, we, we don't have kids anymore. We kicked them out of the house. Now we have two, two dogs. And I always thought dogs were better than kids because they mind better. Uh, but the problem is this dog didn't have a diaper. And for some reason, while I'm worshiping and praising God, uh, my dog has got issues. And the dog has issues all through the house, both in the front end and the back end. And it was a complete Mess. I'm thinking, really, really? Now is not the time. Angels are descending from heaven. The, the power of God is touching my life. And now my dog is pooping all over my house. So I did what every other husband would do. I went and said, baby, sweetheart, Cherie, get out of bed. Your dog is messing up our house. And I ain't got time for this, this mess. And she's such a great wife. She got out of bed and Yes, and that's a real wife. Man, I'm telling you, that's a powerful wife. That's, that's what a woman ought to. She's a helper. Bible says she's a helper. Oh, my, my, my. Okay. Well, in this life, the point is, is there's just, it's, you know, you're, you're just, it just happens. There's going to be messes. You know, Jesus, Jesus said it this way. He says in John 16, 33, in this world, you'll have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration. See, Jesus, see, see, we don't put that on our refrigerator, do we? We're not claiming that, but gee, this, is, geez, this is the master, the head of the church. And he says, hey, in life, there's just going to be messes, but, but you might as well go ahead and cheer up, be happy, take courage, be confident, certain. And under, why? Because I have overcome the world and I have deprived it of the power to harm you. What Jesus is saying is that you're going to face messes, but you need to understand in the messes, I have conquered every mess you'll ever encounter so that you can overcome every mess you encounter. 
Jesus also said it this way in John 10.10. He says, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy, but I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I don't know if there's a a more perfect verse that is really one of the core values of of celebration. It's, It's in this verse right here. See, Satan comes to take it all away from you, but Jesus came. Merry Christmas, everybody. Jesus came so you could get it all back. Come on, that's awesome. Jesus says, I I don't want you to live a sucky, sorry life. I want you to have an abundant life. And they not only just get it all back, but according to the message translation, it says this, that you would have a better life than ever dreamed of. Jesus came to this world, died upon a cross for humanity so that we could have a better life than what we could ever dream of. Jesus wants to get into your life mess where the enemy is taken, where the enemy is stolen. Jesus wants to get into that mess. My prayer in this series is that we would just simply allow Christ into our mess. In that pain, in that brokenness, in that disappointment, in that devastation, in that hopelessness, we need Christ there. In that weakness, in that struggle, in that addiction, Here's one. In all of those regrets, anybody got any regrets? What are you going to do with that mess? I'm here to tell you, Christ can heal those areas of your life. In in the darkness, in the despair, oh, yeah, and in in the impossibility, we need Christ into that situation. Some of you are facing impossibilities. That's a mess, and Christ wants to get involved in the mess. Uh, I'm just here to tell somebody, maybe, maybe not everybody, and probably I'm preaching more to myself today than, than anybody else. Uh, I'm just here to say there's hope. I, I'm, I'm here to tell you there's healing and there's restoration when Jesus gets involved in your mess. I want to say it this way. We're going to use this theme all, all month. There is a miracle in your mess. There's a miracle. I know, I know some of you have been beaten down so much. You're so discouraged, so disappointed. You, you can't even hardly hear that. But I pray by the help of God today that, that, that you hear what God is saying. There is a miracle in your mess. In fact, let's pray this prayer together. Say this. Say, Jesus. Yes. Now, you could do better than that. Come on, all campuses, say, Jesus. Yes. I need you. In my mess. Come on, do you need him in your mess? Come on, we all got areas that, that we have issues. We need Jesus in our mess. You know, today I'm going to, I'm going to take you to a story uh, that I've never really preached about before. But I believe it's just a great starting point for this series. It's a simple story, simple message. I'm, really just, I'm just really driving a thought here today. But I believe it's going to help us in... It's found in Daniel chapter 4, and what we're about ready to read here is a dream that God gave to King Nebuchadnezzar. It's it's a dream, and so so, so we'll read it, and then we'll explain it because it's a little obscure here. He says in verse 10, this is King Nebuchadnezzar talking about his dream that God gave me. He says, while I was lying in bed, he says, this is what I dreamed. I, I saw a large tree in the middle of the earth. The tree grew very tall and strong, reaching high into the heavens for all the world to see. It had fresh green leaves, and it was loaded with fruit for all to eat. 
Wild animals lived in its shade, and, and birds nestled or nested in its branches. All the world was fed. All the world was fed from this tree. And then as I was laying there dreaming, I saw a messenger, a holy one, coming down from heaven. And the messenger, the messenger shouted and, and shouted, cut down the tree and lop off its branches and shake off its leaves and scatter its fruit and chase the wild animals from its shade and the birds from its branches. But leave the stump and the roots in the ground bound with a band of iron and bronze and surrounded by tender grass. Now notice this. Gives you an indication here what this dream's all about. Now let him... So it really isn't about a tree, is it? It's about a person. Let, let him be drenched with the dew of heaven and let him, him, not, not a tree, a person, let him live with the wild animals among the plants of the field. When, when King Nebuchadnezzar had this dream, he, it really disturbed him. He couldn't find anybody in his kingdom to interpret the dream until he found Daniel. And we have the book of Daniel. And a lot of that I'm talking about today is found in this book. We don't have time to read every chapter. I'd encourage you to read this book. It's a fascinating book. But he finds Daniel, and Daniel has the ability to interpret dreams. So he begins to interpret this dream for King Nebuchadnezzar, he says, he says, uh, 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 King, you see, you see a tree. It's a, it's a, it's a prosperous tree. It's a, it's a flourishing tree. It's a, it's a mighty tree. It's a strong tree. But, but this tree really just represents your life, King. That this is, this is a resemblance of who, who you are. That, that you're a flourishing tree, and, and how God has blessed you, and how God has done astonishing things for you. Because at that time, King Nebuchadnezzar was was a wealthy, rich, uh, strong. He, he fed the whole world at that time, and 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 God is 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 likening him to this this tree. And so 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 so. Daniel is explaining that the dream is really not about a tree. It's about your life and how God has blessed you in astonishing ways and how you're, you're strong and you're flourishing and how God has been with you and given you great success. But, but the, the dream doesn't stop there. The dream continues on. And the Bible says that in his dream, he saw the tree that was, that was cut down and, and it falls to the ground. And King Nebuchadnezzar says that's, that's really not a tree. That's, that's your life. Your, your life is going to be cut down. Daniel had the guts to look at this king and say, your, your tree, your life is going to be cut down. And all you're going to have left, King Nebuchadnezzar, is a, is a stump. You, you once were a great tree. You once stood tall and strong and you were prosperous and successful. But, 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 but your tree is, is coming down. It's going to be cut down. It's going to be chopped down. And all you're going to have left is this is is this stump your life is going to be reduced to a stump and daniel tells him why his life is going to be reduced to a stump he says it's because of your pride and your arrogance and because you refuse to acknowledge god in your ways and uh he says you're you're going to go from being the king of babylon hear this you're going to go from being the king of babylon to acting insane living like an animal in the field. If you read the book of Daniel, you'll find out that this is exactly what happened, that he lost his strength. He lost his power. He lost his kingdom. He lost his success. 
He was reduced to a stump and spent seven years as an insane man in the fields eating grass like a cow. Now, what I want you to see in this story is, is this great promise that God puts in the middle of this dream. You might have missed it, so we're going to read it again, Daniel 4.15, but leave the stump. But leave the stump. What, what in the world is God talking about? Hear it today. This, this, is, this, is, this is the truth we want to establish today. You see, God is saying concerning King Nebuchadnezzar, there will be something left of what he used to be because there is coming a time where he will acknowledge me again and I'll take what is left I'll take an old, nasty, dead stump and make something great out of it again. Notice that God says you can cut down the tree, you can strip the limbs bare, but make sure you leave the stump. God says there's going to be something of him that will remain, and I'll use what still remains in his life to make something great in his life. Can I say this? God always makes sure that in the middle of your mess, because we're really not talking about his mess, we're talking about your mess. God always makes sure that right in the middle of your mess, you always have something left so that God can make something great out of your life again. And do you know, this is exactly what happened in the book of Daniel Daniel's, the, the, the King Nebuchadnezzar's life was destroyed. He lost everything, spent seven years in, in the fields eating like, 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 like a cow eating grass. But then all of a sudden, you know what happens? He acknowledges God after seven years. I don't know why it took him seven years. He, he should have done it on the first day. But, but he was that stubborn and that prideful. But after seven years, here's what we read in Daniel 4.34. I, Nebuchadnezzar, looked up toward heaven looked up towards heaven. I'm done eating grass. I'm done looking like a stump. I'm tired of my mess. And he looked up towards heaven. And notice what happens once he goes Godward. And my sanity returned to me. At the time my sanity returned to me, I was restored to the honor of my kingdom and my splendor returned to me. Notice this is crazy. Come on, this is going to give somebody help. I became even greater than before. Wow. Really? What's taking place here? King Nebuchadnezzar lost it all. He was reduced to a stump. But he goes Godward. He, he turns his eyes on to God after seven years. And he says, God, I give you my mess. I give you my stump. I give you my pain. And you know what God did? God made his life better than it's ever been before. Come on, I'm here to tell you, some of you feel like that's what your life looks like, but I'm getting ready to teach you. God's getting ready to make your life better than has ever been, come on, before. He gave God his mess. He gave God, listen to this, he gave God, hear this, this is a point. He gave God what he had left. This is the only thing he had left. God says, 
don't touch the stump. In fact, the Bible says, tie an iron uh, a rod around the stump. Make sure that stump, see, there's going to be something that's going to remain that's still a part of who he is. Here's the point today. Here's, here's what I want to teach you. God is a God of what you have left. God is a God of what you have. This is all he had left. And he gave it to God, and God made his life better. It was already great, but God made it better than it ever was. Regardless what's been taking, taken from you, regardless what's been lost in your life, regardless what's been destroyed, there is something left in your life. Hear me. There's something left in your life that God will use to restore you back to greatness. It may look like a stump. It may look like a mess, but God will use what is left to restore and rebuild your life. It's going to be hard for you to hear this, but it's going to help you. Listen, it's not about what you had. It's not about what you have lost. It's about what you have left. Some of you feel like, some of you feel like, hear this today, some of you feel like the enemy has cut your tree down. And, 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 and now you feel like Satan's laughing at you, and, and, and you feel like you really believe that, that your life is never going to recover. You, you really feel like this is the picture of your life. But God is saying, it doesn't matter how big the mess is. It doesn't matter if your life looks like a stump. I'm the God of what is left. And God always makes sure you've got something left because God will take what's left in your life after the mess and rebuild and restore and make your life better than it's ever been. I'm preaching a lot better than you're shouting. <laughs> Here, here's the principle. Catch it. The miracle is not in what you have lost. The, miracles is, the miracle is in what you have left. You see, while you're weeping over what's been lost, over what you used to have, you know what God is doing? God is looking at what you have left to work a miracle in your life. I'm so bad at this. This is, this is the reason why I'm saying I'm preaching to myself. I always look at what I lost. I always look at what was stolen, what was taken. But that's not Bible. God's, listen, God's not weeping over what you lost. God is looking over what you still have to work a miracle in your life. Listen to me. I'm going to make this powerful statement, but it applies to your life. If you've ever lost anything or maybe everything, God is saying, I don't need it to fulfill my purpose in your life. Quit weeping about it. Quit crying about it because there's still something that remains that God will use to give you a life that's better than ever before. You know, in the book of Job, and I'm going to just show you this principle throughout. I could, we could spend all day because every story in the Bible has this truth in it. In the book of Job, there's a story about a man who lost it all. We all know the story. One day, in one day, do you know Job lost all his stuff? He lost all his, he was the wealthiest man in the world at that time, and he lost all his money in one day. And then in one day, he lost his health. He broke out with, with boils all over his body. 
He lost his children in a tragedy, a tragic situation. And then his own friends turned on him. I mean, this guy has been reduced to a stump. And then above all that, his wife looks at him and has the audacity to say, you are a miserable sight. You should just curse God and die. That's what his wife told him. Everybody is turning on him. He has lost everything he has. Hear it. He was the most famous, most wealthiest person. And he loses it all within just a matter of days. But you know what? Job still had a stump. Even though he lost everything, Job found something that he still had that he knew God could use. And we read it here in Job 13, 15. He says this, though he slay me, yet I will trust him. Job says, I, I lost my money. Job, Job says, I, I lost, my, I, I lost my, my children. Job says, I've lost my friends. I've lost my stuff, but I'm still going to trust. I, I don't know if God's involved in this. I don't know what's going on here, but here's what I know. This is what I got. I, I, got, I got myself a, a stump, and I'm going to still trust God. How, how do we know that? He said this in Job 19.25, but as for me, I know my Redeemer lives. Well, what, is, what does he have left? His trust? His belief? God, 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 you've been faithful to me, and I, I know you're still going to be faithful. I know you can't deny yourself. I know, I know just, just like you've done before, God, you're going to come. You're going to redeem me. You're going to restore me. And he gives God what he has left. Oh, you're not getting it. It would be so easy for Job to quit because that's usually what we do. We lose everything. We lose our stuff, lose our money, go bankrupt. Our kids act stupid and, and, and reject us and all, our, our, you know, we won't get on the wife thing. But you understand, everything gets crazy. And what do we do? We say, hey, oh, I ain't going to church. I ain't going to give. I ain't gonna. We just quit on life. Not Job. He says, though he slay me, yet will I. I'm going to give God my stump. And you know what happened? Job gives God his stump. You know what God does? God gives him twice as much. At the end of the book, blesses him twice as much. At the end of all of it, Job had a better life. That's a powerful, powerful story. Why? Because Job did not quit on God. He understood it wasn't about what he lost. He understood it was about what still remained. Even though it looks like a stump, God will use it to grow your tree back and give you a better life. Am I talking to anybody here today? A better life than you've ever had. Some of you are stuck in life because you thought things would be different. You thought things would turn out one way, but, 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 but things got cut down, and, and now you're left with this mess. But I'm here to tell you, come on, you still have a stump. Don't quit on God. God can, God can take your stump and bless you double. God can make things better than they've ever been before. In the book of Judges, we read about a story about Gideon. Some of you know these stories, stories. but in Gideon, God, God raises up Gideon, and, and he says, Gideon, I want to use you to deliver my people from the Midianites. Now, the Midianites had 350,000 strong in their military. All Gideon had was 32,000 soldiers, but God says, I'm going to use you to defeat your enemy. But then what happens is, is 22,000 of, of Gideon's soldiers' army decided they were just too fearful to go to battle. You know what they do? They, they go home. And then 9,700 say, say, hey, we're, we're just, we're apathetic, we're complacent, we, we don't want to fight. And so they go home and all Gideon has is 300 people, 9,700 people 
have gone home. All he, three, he, only, he only has 300 left. And now I'm facing a, a, a military might of 350,000 people. And this is what God told Gideon when he lost so much in Judges 7, 7. By these that remain, you shall defeat the Midianites. By this stump, but by, by what you still have, it's not about what you lost. See, we make it about what we lost, right? Oh, if I could just have back what I lost, my life would be good. No, no, no. God's not looking at what you lost. God looks at what's still. The miracle is on what you still and what you still have. God is saying, Gideon, don't worry about what you've lost because I'm going to use what you have left. That's, that's a word for somebody today. Gideon, don't worry about what you lost. Tap your neighbor and say, I think he's talking to you today. Don't, don't worry about what you've lost. God, God's going to use what you have left. You, you, you need to hear it again. God is the God of what you have left. The miracle is in what you have left. It's in what you... I know it looks like a stump. I know it looks like a mess. But God does his greatest work in your mess. And he can make it better than it's ever been. If you'll just give him your stump. Give God your... Somebody needs to give God your... You need to get Christ in your mess. In Exodus chapter 9... Next is chapter 9, God speaks to Moses, tells him, this is how you're going to defeat Pharaoh and the mighty armies of Egypt. He tells Moses, oh, Moses, take your hands, get two handfuls of ashes and throw them towards heaven. Throw them Godward. Ashes, well, God, this is a crazy plan. How am I going to defeat my, my enemy? God says, grab the ashes, two handfuls of ashes, and I want you to throw them Godward. I want you to throw your ashes to heaven. Now, now we know what ashes are, right? Ashes, ashes are the mess that is left, that is left after the fire. Uh, ashes are, are, are what you have left when you've been through the mess and through the fire. And God says, Moses, take, take two handful of ashes and throw them up to me. And the Bible says that when he, he did that, those ashes were transformed into into dust everywhere in Egypt. And that dust afflicted the army of Egypt till they all broke out in boils. God, listen, God, God's going to use what you have been through. God will use those ashes to defeat your enemy. So some of you need to quit crying over your ashes. So some of you need to refuse to quit over your ashes. You, you, you know what you need to do with your ashes? It's, it's all you've got left. It's your stump. You've got to give it to God. You've got to throw it Godward and watch God work a miracle in your life. It's not about what you've lost. It's about what you have left, even if it looks like a dead, old, ugly stump. The Bible says, talks to us about another story in Mark chapter 5. Most of you know this story. In Mark chapter 5, there was a woman who had a bleeding problem for 12 whole years. The Bible said she had suffered many things. The Bible says she spent all the money she had on doctors. And the Bible says she never got better. She, the more she spent, the more she went to doctors, the sicker she got. All she had, this is what her life looked like. It was a complete mess physically. But all she had left, she offered it 
to God. You know what she had left? It's what she said. It was her faith. If I can just touch Jesus, if I could just get to church today, I know that pastor's been praying. I know he's got a message for me. If I could just, if I could just touch Jesus, I know, I know it's a stump. It's all I got. It's a faith. But I know if I could touch Jesus, Jesus can, can heal my mess and make me better than I've ever been. And you know what? She touched Jesus, and Jesus got into her mess. And what she had been struggling with for 12 years was wiped away, completely healed. Come on, some, some of you, that's all you got left. I know it's, it's terrible. Your tree was cut down, and you've been reduced to a stump, and it's all you got left. Give God what you have left. Jesus, I need you. i got to touch you. You're the only one that can fix this. It's not about what you've lost. I won't keep driving it. Yeah, but I lost my health and I lost this. And I lost... God, listen, while you're weeping over what you lost, God is trying to find what still remains because he can take your old ugly stump and make a life better than it's ever. Come on. You don't act like you're getting it. Is anybody getting this? Come on. Is anybody getting I know I'm preaching to myself. Come on, because I'm believing for the best years of my... See, some of you here today at one of the campuses, you're saying, yeah, but I've lost so many years. That's what I'm talking about. God is saying, quit looking at what you've lost, because the rest of your, your years, the rest of your years can be the most powerful part of your life. God's got a miracle and what still remains in your life. 2 Kings chapter 4. Many of us know that story. Remember the woman? She's completely in debt. Her husband has just died. Just a tragic situation. She's left with all this debt. Now the creditors are coming. They're, they're repossessing the cars and they're taking everything she has. In fact, in those days, they would actually take your children and make them slaves and so they're coming to take her children and she's in bad shape and you know what God says to this woman what do you have in the house and you know what she said oh I ain't got nothing I've lost I've lost everything no what do you have in the house well I do have a stump I have this little jar of oil God says, that's all I need. I just, I just need something that you'll give me. There's something that always remains in your life if you'll give it to God. And God said, pour that oil out. And God multiplied that oil to the point that all of her debt was paid. And she still had plenty to live on for the rest of her life by one little jar of oil. Come on, is anybody getting this? Come on, anybody getting this? Come on, you can't do, I'm just trying to tell you, you can't do anything about what you've lost. But God can use what you have left to make a life better than you've ever dreamed of. Man, I wish I could get you to believe this. I wish I believed this like I need to believe it. I, I, I do believe celebration. Our best days are ahead. 
I've been at this 25 years, but I still, come on, you got to hear me. I still believe our, our brightest hour is, I believe we can still make greater impact in our community. I believe we can touch the world because God is not looking at what we've lost through the journey. He's looking at the mess. He's looking at the stump. And he says, if you'll give me the stump, I'll do something incredible in your life. Come on, some of you, that's you. And you're weeping over what you lost. God has sent me into your life today that you need to start looking at what you have and give it to God. Give it to God and watch God work a miracle in your mess. One one last story. You got time for just one last one? And then I quit. I'm going to go home, watch my wife clean up our house. Book of Ezekiel, chapter 37. God takes Ezekiel and Ezekiel sees this big valley of dry bones, just a dismal sight of death, scattered human bones everywhere. They're dry and they're dusty and they're parched by the sun. And uh, the Bible says that this was the condition of God's people. There was complete, utter hopelessness. And God looks at Ezekiel and he says, Ezekiel, can these bones live? And his response kind of, kind of always troubled me because I really didn't understand what he was saying. And I think, I think because of my journey, I think I know kind of what Ezekiel was saying because he looked at this hopeless situation and he says, Lord, only you know. Only, only you know. What was, what was Ezekiel saying? God, I don't even have faith for this. This is such a, this is such a stump. This is so ugly. This, we believe we've lost everything. See, see, he didn't look at God and say, well, God bless God. I believe you could do anything. He did. Now, that would have been the religious answer, right? That's what some of us would have said. He said, God, I just don't know. I just don't, I just don't have faith for it. I, I can't believe for God. God, only you know if you can take an ugly situation like this and cause it to live again. But what's amazing about that is God found something in Ezekiel that remained that God could use to bring about a miracle. You want to know what it is? No? Okay. You want to go home? Tired? Wore out? I mean, the Niners aren't going to win, so I mean... God found something... God, God found a stump in Ezekiel's life. What, what was the stump? We see it. We see it right here in Ezekiel 37, 7. Here's what Ezekiel says. So I prophesied as I was commanded. In other words, I just did what God told me to do. See what God did? He said, Ezekiel, can these bones live? And God, I don't know, man. This just looks, man, I, how, how could these kids ever get straightened out? How could this marriage... See, see, some of you are stuck right there. You, you, you don't know even if you have faith for it anymore. You, you don't know if your marriage can work. You don't know if that relationship can be fixed. You don't know if that business can succeed. You don't know if those, you've been beat down so long. You don't even have faith for it any longer. You don't know if God can fix your financial issues. comes to your children. It's like, man, it's been such an up and down circus. I just don't have faith for them anymore. And some of you, you, you don't even know if the dream, the vision for your life can live again. And God says, Ezekiel, prophesy to these bones. Speak life to these bones. That's, that's what God said. 
Just open your mouth and tell these bones to live. And so he says, uh, so I did as I was commanded. I just did. I didn't have faith. I just did it because he said to do it. I didn't want to go to church, but I just came because that's what the Bible tells me to do. I didn't want to tithe, but I just did it because that's what the Bible tells me to do. I didn't want to love my wife like Christ loves the church, but I just did it because that's what the Bible tells me. Come on, somebody. I, I, I didn't want to honor my husband. He's a, he, but I just did it. I respect it, not because he deserved it. I just did it and believed in him, not because I felt like it, but because I didn't have faith for it. I just, I, just, I just forgave them. They hurt me bad, but I just forgave them because that's what the Bible tells me. I, I, I loved them. Instead of judging them and picking on them and pointing out their sin, you know what I did? I just did what the Bible tells me to do. I just loved them and dealt with my own junk and my own sin instead of pointing my finger at all their junk. And I just did. I just did what the Bible. And you know what happened? No faith, just simple obedience. And you know what happened? Bones begin to rattle. There was a noise in that valley. And the Bible says God brought back those bones together, put flesh on them, and they became a great exceeding army that stood up on their feet. It was a picture of God restoring from a stump a mess and making them better than they've ever been before. Oh, I hope you're getting it today. Anybody getting this today? Come on, I feel God in this place. At all of our campuses, I... For some of you, that's all you got left, man. Just obedience. Just do it. Just do it because he says that. God, have you ever figured this out? God's smarter than you. Come on. I mean, look, look, you've got, look at where you've gotten yourself. Just, just, he's smarter than you. He's just looking for you to give him your stump. You, you know what got King Nebuchadnezzar in trouble? You know why he lost his tree? Because of pride. The Bible says he stopped acknowledging God. And you know what we need to do in this generation? We just need to say, God, you're smarter than we are. If you say to do it, I'm just going to do it. Because I know that you'll take my mess and make my life greater than it's ever been. Somebody shout. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Come on, somebody. Come on, you receive this today. All right. All right. I got one last verse. I'm over time. They're going to fire me again. Job chapter 8, verse 7. This is the word of the Lord for you. I'm going to send you home, but this is going to change your week. Here's what Job chapter 8. And by the way, this is Job, the guy that lost everything. Here's the promise. Even though you're not much right now, you'll end up better than ever. You're going to end up better than ever. Come on, do you believe that? What you lost was painful, but what is left is powerful. The miracle is in what you have left. It's not about what you've lost. It's not about what was stolen. It's not about what was taken. It's about what you have left. And if you'll give this to God, God will cause your tree to grow again. 
And it'll be greater and more mightier and stronger than it's ever been. And that's God's promise to you today. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads, close your eyes all over this building. At Fresno, Madeira, you guys have been so awesome in connecting with what I believe God is saying. But maybe you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. And, 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 and you're far from God. You're just not right with God. If you was to die right now, you, you don't know where you would spend eternity. Some of you here today are Madeira or at Fresno. Some of you just need to give God what you have left. Well, what is it that I have left? Your, your faith. The Bible says all that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Your life is messed up. It's just not working out. And you know you know you're not right. You know you've got so you, you you know you've got some issue. You know you've got a mess. But the Bible says if you'll give what you have, that that calling on the Lord, that trust in Jesus, that, that trust that He died upon a cross and rose from the grave, that, that you shall be saved. If you're here today and never done that in any of our campuses, you're not right with God. You've never put your trust in God. You've never surrendered your life. You've never called upon his name. Or maybe you did and you're in a backslidden condition, just been doing your own thing, and you just need to rededicate your life. I'm talking to you. You know who you are. You're, in fact, you've just been waiting for me to get to this point because you just want to be right with God. You want to know if you was to die right now that you'd spend eternity in heaven. It's very simple. We just give God what we have. It's just our faith, our belief. Here in Clovis, here in Fresno, there in Madeira, would you pray this prayer with me? Everybody out loud as a family together, say, Jesus. Come on, say it out loud. Say, Jesus, I surrender to you. I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you rose from the dead. Forgive me. Come on, say it out loud. Say, forgive me. Cleanse me. I receive your forgiveness today, Lord. I receive your deliverance today. Come on, say it out loud. Say, I receive your freedom today. I receive your joy today. Come on, all over camp. Say it out loud. Say, Lord, take what I have left and bless it and use it to restore my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give it up for those that prayed that prayer. This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc.